0: Welcome to I Am The Horse Witch. Here's your space to work with magic and manifestation to achieve your goals, make your intentions a reality and live your best witchy life. I'm your host Tamara, so let's go. everyone and welcome to our Samhain episode. Uh, I'm particularly excited. This is our Witches New Year. This is when we all combine and we have the global energy of the celebration of the dead and the thinning of the veils. So I'm in the Southern Hemisphere, which means that traditionally in the pagan wheel of the year, this is actually the celebration of Beltane. However, due to the massive global energy, I feel very connected to celebrating Samhain now, and this is a personal choice. So, some witches in the southern hemisphere will celebrate this festival um, earlier in the year, in um, in our autumn or our fall. Uh, but for myself, I celebrate it now to join in with my sisters and brothers. Uh, in the Northern Hemisphere, where it's such a big celebration, obviously combined with Halloween. So I'm going to give you a bit of background about Selwyn. This may be repetitive for some, um, but it's always good to hear the information in a slightly different way, perhaps in a different voice, because sometimes that light bulb moment goes off when you least expect it. So Selwyn marked the Celtic New Year, the end of summer and the end of the harvest season. It also signalled the beginning of winter, which they associated with death. On this day, the Celts believed the veil between the living and the dead was especially thin. The Celts were also afraid of the ghosts that came out on Selwyn. If they went outside after dark, they covered their faces with masks They hoped that any ghosts they met would think they were ghosts too and would leave them alone. So this is where the guising came from and the putting on of the costumes, that whole tradition started to develop. This festival was celebrated in honour of the god Samhain, the Druid god of death, and was also known as All Hallow Tide. The Druids believed in the supernatural and tried to placate the lord of the death with offerings. So how are you going to celebrate Sawan this year? These are some fabulous little ideas. Uh, some of you already probably do this, but one of the major ways to celebrate Sawan is to make an ancestor altar. It can be really, really simple. A photo of an ancestor that you uh, can relate to, that you have a picture of and a candle. A white cloth, maybe some flowers that you think that they might like and a food offering. It doesn't have to be a lot. But if I think of my mum, for example, she loved fish and chips and she loved cheesecake. So I might not uh, put an entire batch of fish and chips there. I might just put a little bit of fish and a bit of potato and a small piece of cheesecake for her. I might light the candle at night, have her photo where she was dressed as a nurse because she her nursing career was extremely important to her and I might sit down in front of the altar, say a prayer to her, connect with her And I have felt a very strong connection with her lately. She died a few years ago. And I found myself in the last couple of days just crying and missing her. So that is someone that I I would definitely connect to over this Selwyn period. Another interesting thing you can do is, even if it's a relative or an ancestor that you didn't meet, is if you look at a family tree or an ancestral line and you're looking down at the names, sometimes a name will really ping out to you. Um, If you've listened to one of my earlier episodes about crystals, I talked about how crystals can wink at you in a shop, meaning take me home, pick me up, I'm connected to you. Sometimes an ancestor will... Ping out at you from a family tree. And that means that the ancestor is wanting to connect with you. It doesn't matter if you've actually met before in the mundane life, but they are around you, they they want you to invite them into their life, they have something to tell you, they want to connect with you, they want to help you. So have a think about that because sometimes an ancestor will speak to you in different ways. You might be going through some old photos and you might find a photo of them and for some reason that person that you've never met is speaking to you and you can start to feel that connection. You can start to work with them in rituals. Whenever I do a more formal ritual, I always invite my ancestors and deities in to help. I invite my mum in, I invite my grandma, my nana and my great-auntie Jean. Now, great-auntie Jean I didn't meet. Uh, Well, from my memory, I haven't met her. However, I do feel a really strong connection to her. I think I look like her. And uh, I always invite her in for her help because I feel, you know, I do feel a strong connection to her. So you might be thinking, well, what has someone got to do with horses? But I've often found that people who have a really strong connection with horses in this life, you will find that there is a good equestrian or a horse person in your background. So my nana was apparently a very, very good horsewoman. But because of the way she grew up and also that she did not want to be associated with a lower class and struggling on the farm, she actually denied that background. My grandma, on my opposite side, absolutely loved animals. So I inherited my love of animals with her, from her. And they, my granddad was a baker. And they had a bakery run in the wheat belt in WA. And they had a horse that knew the houses to stop at to deliver the bread to. And I was absolutely shocked to hear that the horse was kept in a stable tied up. Because then horses were work animals. They weren't What we associate with as the sentient beings that we use, or we use, that is not a good term, but we associate with our pleasure riding, our therapy, our connection with nature. But what does make me feel better is that my grandma was so kind to animals that I think that horse must have been okay. It must have been okay because grandma was looking after it. And she always said to me, don't trust anyone that doesn't like animals. So I got my love of animals from my grandma and I do love the fact that the horse knew which houses to stop at to deliver the bread to. So have a look at your family tree and have a look at who's speaking to you. And perhaps they have a message for you about your horse, about something else. Uh, Perhaps they want to communicate something to you that is important in your life at the moment, but you haven't quite recognised. Perhaps they have some help with you, with your horses or your current situation, your life situation, your job, your partner, your love life. Which leads me on to what I am going to do with my Samhain this year. I have a friend who is in need and my mum, when she was alive, really loved him. As in, we'd been friends for pretty much most of my adult life and he is in need at the moment. Um, and so I am going to contact mum and say that I don't think he'll mind this, but Andrew needs some help at the moment. He has a an objective, he has an intention And I really, really want to support him in that. So I'm calling on my mum's help. And then another friend of a friend is calling on her daughter, who unfortunately left this life perhaps too early. And so we are calling on our ancestors and our family in the spirit world to help Andrew. Now, I have a little story for... Do spirits actually exist, and this is my very first experience of one hundred percent without a doubt in this realm of where we live. Yes, they do. So I was at high school and I went to Mount Lawley Senior High School, which was uh it was quite an arty high school. it had a special dance program and a special language program. And it was slightly out of my, uh, what they call my zone. However, I was allowed to go there because I was particularly good at French. I wasn't really, I just had a really, really good memory. And so I could remember the spellings of things. However, I went to this school and they had uh, special Indonesian lessons, French lessons, German lessons, Anyway, we went on a camp. So it was a camp in a place called York, which is renowned for being haunted. York is around about an hour out of Perth, which is the capital city of Western Australia. And York has an old abandoned hospital in it, which the hospital is in. There is a book, The 100 Most Haunted Places in Australia. And the York hospital is in there. We didn't stay at the York Hospital because you can't stay at the York Hospital. We stayed at a place called Havisham House, so it was a special language camp, and the students studying German, French, Indonesian, Italian, we all went there. So we arrived in the bus. I think there must have been, oh, let's say, around about twenty of us, and we arrived on the day, got there. And I don't know if this resonates with any of you, but at school, there's always someone that can use the Ouija board, which wasn't me because I was so sensitive. I was terrified. I was terrified. I would get so scared, so scared of scary movies. My friends used to make me watch them and I would have the cushion over my face and my ears, my fingers in my ears. That's how I watched The Exorcist. I didn't actually really watch it. So we arrived there, and I remember Sarah Patterson. And bizarrely enough, Sarah actually sent me a Facebook friend request not too long ago. Sarah Patterson, let's do a seance. And so it was the middle of the day. We'd only just got there. We pulled the (laughs) wardrobes to cover any cracks in uh, in the daylight. We. We slung the curtains to meet each other. It wasn't even that dark. It was to about two o'clock in the afternoon and the sun was still creeping in. Anyway, so Sarah cut out the the alphabet and she knew how to do it. And we all put our fingers. It was a mug. I still remember it was a mug. And I think there was about eight of us. Anyway, it started to move. And of course, we were so young and immature and really innocent Even though we might have been 16 years old, back then, 16 was like sort of more like 11 years old now. Anyway, so the mug is moving and we're stopping it going, no, who's doing it? Who's doing it? You know, Ian, you're moving it or, you know, Marcel, you're moving it. Anyway, everyone goes, no, no, not me, not me. So it starts to move, and it starts to spell. It actually was moving at a pretty steady pace. Anyway, it spelled out B O B G W E B, and we're going Bob Gweb, Bob Gweb. <laughs> it doesn't even make any sense, Bob Gweb. And then it went six six and Sarah spun the mug up and said no 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 if it goes to another six it will be six 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 number of the devil anyway we ah, (laughs) and we like sprung the curtains open and pulled the wardrobes back and of course I was terrified because I was such a scaredy cat Anyway, a couple of hours later, and remember this is our very first day in York. None of us had been there before. I think I'd been there to a, a, a festival, you know, a couple of years beforehand. But that was just during the day. I'd never stayed overnight. So this is our first night. Anyway, we walked to the communal um, barbecue sites. And we, to get there, we had to walk through the cemetery so we're walking through the cemetery. Remember our first day there? We'd done the seance a few hours beforehand. Walking there, looking at the old graves, and suddenly my friend Ian says, fuck. And Ian was a really good guy. I don't know why I mentioned before that he might have been pushing the thing. There's no way he would have done it. So we go over and he goes, fuck, look at this. And he's standing in front of a grave and it says, Robert, G. Webb, died the 6th of the 6th, 83. And we were there in 1982. I've just got completely the goosebumps and the shivers. So obviously, none of us would have known that, well, we probably did, but Bob is short for Robert, G was his middle name, the initial of his middle name, and Webb was his surname. And we were there one year after he died. So that was my very first experience of knowing 100% that spirits are real. They are around us. You communicating with your ancestors on all Tide Day, Samhain, it's not your imagination. If you feel the spirits, they're there. They want to commune with us. You know, as a group of teenagers, we contacted a spirit because he wanted to say, hi guys, I'm here. Many years later, probably about 10 years ago, I was teaching a um, a university acting class. It was an elective where the students were Able to just choose a, um, a subject that they might like to take at night. And I was teaching a girl called Nicola and she's, she grew up in York. And when I told her my story, she said, Oh, Havisham House, that place is so haunted. So, um, I felt quite righteous in my story of Robert G. Webb going, I'm not making it up. Uh, and I think that Robert, I think Robert's proud of that story because I've told it a few times and because I'm so, I know 100% that it's true, that it's real, that every word of it happened. I think he goes, yeah, yeah, I'm famous, I'm talked about, I made my mark. Some crystals that you can work with uh, during Sarwain are bloodstone, citrine, onyx, moonstone, lapis lazuli, carnelian, and amethyst. Some herbs and foods to work with are, of course, the, the, the ubiquitous pumpkin, wormwood and mugwort, fantastic for contacting the spirit world, cinnamon, rosemary, sage, bay leaf, thyme, mushrooms, lavender, pine needles, and calendula. So you can use them on your altar, you can use them in your cooking, you could burn them as incense. All of them are fabulous for contacting the spirit world, for cleansing, purification, protection. And now is our time because we the celebration of death, I love the celebration of death because it means goodbye to the old and hello to the new. So whatever we want to transform at this time, whatever we want to release, get rid of, particularly as it's a full moon, which I haven't mentioned. We've got so much energy around us, the energy of Sawan, the energy of the full moon, whatever you want to release, it's a perfect time to call in your ancestors, say, guys, I want to get rid of this and they can take it with them and get rid of it into the ether. So whatever you don't want anymore, now is a perfect time to let go of so that you're a fresh slate for bringing in the new. So have a fantastic Samhain. Enjoy your ancestral connection. I certainly am going to because I feel them around me and I feel them particularly at this time. As I said, I've had random episodes of crying lately. Um, but that's just because I can feel them very close to me and I miss them. You know, we miss those daily chats, uh, but you can still talk to them in the spirit world. So have a fantastic time. Eat some sweets. If that's what you like, you know, in America, you will call it your candy. Um, so enjoy some beautiful food. Enjoy a stew, a casserole with some bay leaves and some sage. And I will talk to you next week when we talk about deities. Oh, I just got the shivers. The deities wish to be spoken about. All right. I will see you soon. Bye. Happy Samhain.